Organize Me Radio, episode 58, Professional Women and ADHD. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Organize Me Radio. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson, and today's guest is an early childhood education administrator, and she is my best friend. Please welcome Joanna Rush. Welcome, Joanna. Hi, how are you? Joanna, oh my goodness. Okay, so I've been wanting you on here for a while just because you're so fun. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know if people understand like how fun you are. Like we've been um, friends since sophomore year in high school, which is 20 plus years, but we won't be- That's all we're gonna say, it was yesterday. It was yeah, yesterday. just yesterday, just yesterday. <laughs> you know, we're just ride or die, but you know, just yesterday. But so anyway, so we are going to talk about um, basically living with ADHD um, mm-hmm. and being a professional. Um, but first, can you tell everyone a little bit more about you? Um, I have been working since I graduated from high school, working in childcare, early childhood. Um, I've been a, worked in all ages from birth until school age. And I am, I love it. I have children, I have a son. Um, We like to just, they play a lot of sports. So we will go to sports, hang out with friends, try and watch TV, relax but usually we're always on the go and I can't sit still. So it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because, so you're not the only person in my life who has ADHD. My mother, my biggest client, I always tell people, you know, and you know, that's something that, you know, my siblings and I have had to deal with. And it seems like as she's getting older, it's like we we see it more and more. Um, What is it like for you? living with ADHD and then working and supervising people and things of that nature? Um, you know, definitely there are challenges. It's challenges for having other people to understand, um, to know kind of how you think or why you think or why you do what you do. But there's also really like, honestly, I have grown to embrace it, educate myself on it, um, especially since I'm a, my son um, has it too. It's hereditary, but it's, it's definitely challenging and you have to find ways that work for you. So you definitely do a lot of research, find different things that have worked for me, for you. Um, not everything has been easy. Not everything has uh, came um, just overnight. Um, and it has taken me a while to learn that. It has taken me a while to learn that I can't be a perfectionist and that also to know that what I do is good, to recognize that and to appreciate the work that I do do instead of like always finding the negative, just because it's when you are going through, like I didn't find out till I think when I got into college, but you know, it was difficult in school growing up and just always trying to figure out why I just couldn't figure it out or I couldn't understand or why everybody else was and I couldn't do it. And then when I finally found out, 
I felt a lot better, but it's also then the process of taking medication. But if you take the medication, that does not solve it. You have to do the therapy, find ways to make it work for you because the medicine's only going to do so much. And that's been a process. Um, even now I'm still learning. I think the more that I've gotten older and the positions that I have moved into, um, which has been a lot more work, has been a lot more challenging for me. I will say that. So it's working through that and um, trying to stay positive and know that like this, uh, it's a blessing to me. Like I wouldn't change it. I would for sure, if I could, ha if I come back in another life or whatever, yeah. fine, that's fine. Give it to me. Like it's a blessing. It's just figuring out what works for you, what's best for you and understanding um, that there's nothing wrong. It's just a different way you think than everybody else. Everybody thinks different. Let's think about that. Everybody really does think different. So just because someone who isn't neurodivergent doesn't mean that that their brain is any better or their brain is um, normal or their brain is, you know what I mean? Like everybody, even if they are not neurodivergent, they are, everybody still has a different brain. They think different, do different, everything. So it's just, you know, unfortunately society put a label on it in the beginning that wasn't as positive. But when you really figure it out and do your research, neurodivergent people are very intelligent, um, very creative, very loyal people, probably because like we, I say sometimes when you're really loyal, it's just sometimes you just forget so much because we do forget a lot. I'm joking. <laughs> but um, it's it's been a process, but I feel like I wouldn't change it. And having it has really, really helped me as a mother and with my son, with my experiences to help him now and what he's going through as a teenager and in high school. So I love how you mentioned, you know, it's basically like, you know, your, your brain just works differently. That's the same with, you know, autism. And I find myself, mm -hmm. you know, my son, for people who don't know, my youngest son, Gavin, he's aut has autism. He was diagnosed at age four and he's nonverbal mm -hmm. um, and he uses a communication device to, you know, to talk to people. Um, and I feel like there are a lot of people who still don't really understand you know, even though I don't know what the statistic is about people living with ADHD, but it has to be, you know, it has to be like, you know, a it's lot, free. right? Yeah, because there's so free. many people like in my family that I know that are right. And then mm -hmm. like with autism, it's like, I don't, I don't remember the exact number, but something like one in 47 boys, right? Yeah. Uh, like one in like 50 something kids. So mm -hmm. that means that someone, you know, has autism, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like even now, you know, people are like, oh, well, how does that work? And it's like, come on, <laughs> you know, it's like, like Gavin, he understands everything. He just cannot communicate like with yeah. words to you. Now he can sign, he can put in well, his hand what he wants, you know? Well, and that's also like autistic. It's even so for me and it's, probably the same for Gavin, for me, for my brain, it's going a mile a minute. So I, I'll talk, like some people will say, you'll have to slow down. I even have to slow down. So that's probably the same thing for Gavin to the point that like, it's so much going on that he can't process it. And that's 
there's a lot of people that are like that. That's completely, I've worked with, I've had a lot of like autistic kids in my classroom and have, I literally last night, it's funny that you brought that up. Um, one of my kids, he is now going to be a freshman in high school. They're a set of twins. And we went to a game and we saw his mom and she got so excited because I became very close with them very, very close. I had such a special bond with him and both kids with him, especially. And she even said that she was so nervous to have her children in my class because I had such a structured, kind of strict, but structured class, but also to help them like to grow, to motivate, to push them, to do more, to want to do more. And the growth that she saw when he came into my class was, she just said, it's, you knew exactly what you were doing, like you just knew. And I said, yeah, that they need that. We all need the structure. We all need that. We all need that. But we also need that nurturing and caring and inclusive, open environment where you are accepted no matter who you are, what you are, how your brain works. We are all the same. There's, you know, distinct difference. Girl, I completely agree. One of my friends sent me, um, sent me something, not a quote, but she sent me something that said something like, um, I, I just want my son to be able to be in the room and be who he is without feeling like he has to fit into what everyone else wants him to be. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, no, that's a hundred percent feeling that way when you're talking to people or coming into a room. It's, I think anybody should feel any, I think a lot of people do, but it's harder for other people. So yes. And to have people not looking at you or right. still just, it's frustrating. And that's one of the barriers that you have, like, you can say, oh, I'm completely fine. But there's some days where I'm just like, well, I can't. <laughs> overwhelmed or overstimulated you know yeah yeah Yeah. so I'm no expert on ADHD I do have a certificate of study through the the Institute for Challenge and Disorganization which is basically an organization that professional organizers psychologists or whatever can go to educate themselves on like neurodiversity or hoarding or you know things of that nature Um, so I'm no expert but through that I've learned that you know People with ADHD, like you said earlier, are some of the brightest minds, are some of the most creative. How are you, and you mentioned how sometimes your your thoughts are going, you know, a mile per minute, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you, how are you able to compartmentalize ideas that you have? How do you cope with that? Um, so it, I got a lot of post-it notes. <laughs> Um, I do, I've gotten better where I'll have an idea and it's a lot of, like some of my employees know, but most of them do, but I, I'm not um, hidden behind telling people that I have it just because if I can help people educate, make them feel comfortable, then there's nothing to be ashamed of. So even if I'm in like a classroom or something and I have an idea, I'm like, oh, this, this, and this, and then I'll either verbalize them, hey, write that down or write it on a post-it note or you might remember this, or actually I'll even say, send me an email and then I will pin it and then work from there. But another thing that has been working for me as, um, so last Friday, it was just a lot in my brain and a lot of things that I know that I want to do or have on my plate, but it's like create like stuff that I really can see 
our center grow. So I just did a, a brain dump, like a whole page, and it was just all over. And it was only one page because I knew if I kept going, it would, I could keep going. So, and that was just my work one. And then what I've been using is the Eisenhower matrix. It really, I found a post-it note that um, I was going to show that. Um, you can buy it off of Amazon and it's urgent, like what you need to do now, what you need to do later, what you can delegate and what you can delete. And it's just put into four, into four sections. So my plan was, I actually was just going to build like a, maybe like a notebook or a binder. And I printed an actual like template of it. And then I'll take sections. Like, so everything I wrote, then I'll break it down to, let's say, classrooms, to parent groups, to anything like that. And then I will do that and divide it so it's not all jumbled on one paper. And then I can kind of section it and add to it or, oh, yeah, there's this. And then I can refer back to it. I am a... I like to write. I like the hands-on stuff. I like paper. I like the, I have an office supply problem. So if I can make sure I can make it fun and creative for me while I'm doing something that's not maybe the most interesting thing to me at times, but it's things that I have to do and things that are required. So I can make it more fun and creative for me to be more motivated to get it done. Because there are some things I that it's very hard for me to sit down and just start, start something. So um, <clears throat> that is something that I felt like would get me. And then once I start, then I kind of have steps and things that I can follow, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. so, so you have been in your field for over 20 years. You are a high achieving woman and um, you also supervise people. How does that work for you in the workplace? How do you feel like it affects your, your leadership skills in any, in any way, your organizational skills, or does it you know heighten them and make it better in the workplace? Um, so one thing for me is that I've noticed that I have a very good, like I will, a coaching ability. I love talking with people and finding out the whys and seeing how they work and then talking to them, um, really building that verbal conversation with them. Sometimes um, it can get overwhelming because I'll have, you know, I have 15 plus employees, so they all need something and they'll know, they'll call or they'll show up in my office or they'll, and so sometimes it does get overwhelming and I feel disorganized or I feel bad because sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot to go back and talk to them. Oh my goodness, I forgot to do this. And so I, all I, if I do at that moment, I will go, but I'm not ashamed to being like, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is what we talked about. How about this? Or well, how is it working? So trying to make sure that they um, know that I value them, that I'm there for them, but also helping them understand that I'm also human. And I am also, you know, I yes, I am your supervisor, but I will make mistakes or I will, you know, but I'm not, I'm, a, I'm at, 
I can be at a point where I'm like, hey, let's work on this. I'm sorry, I forgot. I had a list of stuff, got distracted. What can I do? That is something that has been a struggle for me, like um, in the beginning, because it's just like, I love talking, obviously, but also like coaching and helping people, but also um, I have to sit down and do my job too. And so um, that has been, um, I guess the field I'm in is really good because I am working with employees and teachers and other people. And that's part of our thing is like partnerships and talking and people. So that is good. It's just making sure that I have boundaries. That is a big thing is boundaries because neurodivergent people, ADHD people, um, we'll say yes to everything. We won't say no. Sometimes we won't say no because we'll feel bad. And then that's where we get really overwhelmed and um, we don't know what to do or where to start. And like, that's when the steps of therapy or working through things is very, very important. That mindfulness of trying to stay focused and not get down and not go down the wrong path and give yourself grace. So it's very important to give yourself grace with employees and being a supervisor because you're growing too. Right. So you, you can't be perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but it's important to um, give yourself grace and then just move on. And what are you going to do different and how can you change it? So what do you think is your greatest uh, strength? I've always been able to find the positive, always laugh about things and keep moving, not try and dwell in the negative, but also encouragement and picking people up and picking myself up and finding ways that will help me stay motivated, creative, but also other people, just not giving up, always fighting and not letting anybody define me or my thoughts or how I feel because that's when you aren't your true self. I love that. And I, and I can definitely second that. Like, I feel like you always find the positive in any situation. I mean, even if we have to make ourselves laugh to prevent us from crying, right? Yes. <laughs> but, but, you know, I completely agree with that, finding the positive and everything. And, you know, I just, I feel like you are such a good listener and, you know, if anybody, you know, should be in a leadership position, it's definitely you because you truly care about people. And I feel like that comes through and I feel like that's always come through as long as I've known you, you know, like <laughs> I love you. My entire family loves you, you know, so. My yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just. You know, you when you have uh, interactions or situations with people where they just don't, or you with yourself that you're not feeling you can be yourself, it sucks. And you just don't, I don't want anybody to feel that way. But yes, like listening, I mean, sometimes I'll ask you to repeat it. I just feel like we all want to be heard and it's important for some people to know that. And you learn things from people when you're listening. Like if you're truly listening, you can learn. And I feel like you can get a very good observation and a feel for people of what, who they are and like what they like. You just, if you listen, you can learn more than just telling them what to do. So what advice would you give to other high achieving people, other people who hold high positions um, that are living with ADHD? 
Um, resources, resources, find people. Um, give yourself grace, give yourself time. But also um, one of the things that I did is take a, it was a test and it um, helped me figure out like balancing, like what is my triggers for ADHD or what are things that I, it's almost like you see it on paper, but you kind of know, um, and just realizing like what it affects me is my environment. And my office is all windows. And then out the windows is like the hall and I can see the children and everything. And so it's already hard for me to sit down. So just um, <clears throat> figuring out the ways that are best for you and do that for you. And then making sure that you're sharing with someone on your team like this is what works best or this is how this is going to help me. So you have the support, make sure you kind of have the support and share. It's nothing that um, to be afraid of to not share, because if you want to succeed, we all need a support system. We all need someone or something. So I'm, I joined the ADA group. I, and there's different um, webinars that you can get on for that. It helps with planning just, Try to find the system that works for you, is what I would say, too. It, it's still a learning process for me, so I don't have the best advice, but what's best for you, but keep trying. Something doesn't work, so try something else and stay consistent with it until you know. And then if it's good, then don't change it until, like, if you get bored, then add something on. But find something that works best for you and stay consistent. All right, that is some good advice. <laughs> so what is, do you have a process for staying organized at work? Like I said, the Eisenhower thing has really helped. I have a sticky note, it's this, I finally found it. So this is, it says do, decide, delegate, and delete. And it really, really helps me. And it's a post-it note. So you can just, there's sometimes where I don't, I have too much or whatever, or I'll do it for a day and I can take it and change it and that helps. Um, notebooks, or I have one main notebook that is like the main one that I always go to for everything instead of, I tried in the big, I did a couple, a few months ago, I was like, oh, I'll get a notebook for each section and that did not help. That was too many. So now I have one, make sure I date it. That helps me. I have like a little, uh, light board that kind of gives me like some of the affirmations, you know, when you're sitting there and you get frustrated, you just need something like a reminder I am really big on having like kind of you kind of see I have little sayings and stuff like that and that is something it helps me to keep going not to give up um, but that helps me stay organized um, just making sure that my area is clean and not cluttered which I will not sit here and say I'm perfect I've had it's been to the point that I'm like, okay, because I am also though, my office seems to be the dumping ground when stuff gets delivered or stuff needs to get to teachers. So I've gotten to the, gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I can't have the, either if I have to do this, I have to figure out a way to give it to them right away or put it where I know where it's going to be. So when it's ready to give to them, then I can give to them. So trying to make sure that my environment and my desk and that is not cluttered, but also, um, I have, it's kind of hard for me because some, I kind of feel like I might have FOMO, but <laughs> I have to shut my blinds. I shut my blinds 
to really, because that is really, really um, a big effect, very effective for me. And I have music playing, but it depends, but usually it's something that's going to level or calm me and not make me more wired <laughs> or overstimulated, I should say. So what about your home life now? Do, do you see the effects of living with ADHD in your home life? Do you have systems that you're able to follow at home and have everyone get on board with it? So I think um, now with my son being older and being busier and things like that, um, the systems I'm trying to get into now, I'm not the greatest. Usually it's... Um, We've gotten the calendar down. We've got a calendar down. Um, when we did a big cleaning job the other day, and it was my son and I, I wrote down each room by color. And then I just wrote like the different things that we needed to make sure we got done. So then when we were doing it and I saw, okay, we took a break and I wiped off. We did this, we did that, we did this. I had him download the, I have the Pomodoro app on my phone and that is another thing I should have said that earlier it works really good where it's 25 minutes of working and then you get a five minute break and it just lets you know and it at first you're like ah, I don't know but it actually works so it helps my son too so using that in my house um I think my biggest struggle is laundry laundry and laundry and clothes <laughs> uh, and laundry <laughs> and um getting everybody on board on that is you know, and laundry isn't fun. It's the thing that, you know, that thing where you just don't want to do it and you're going to drag your feet. And some people are better about, okay, I'm going to go do it. I just have to do it. But for me, that is like getting started is the hardest thing for me because it doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound interesting. And then, then I'll be like, well, even if I fold my clothes then someone's going to dump it on the floor or someone, you know, so then it's kind of, no. <laughs> it's just frustrating. <laughs> so, but I also am working on decluttering and getting rid of like throwing away things. Like I'm just at a point where I'm like throwing away, we don't need it because the less we have and we just have what we need is, is going to be what's best. Cause I'm the type of person, if there's too much, I am overwhelmed to the point that I'm just like frozen. I, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. So it's almost best for me to just, well, it's not best for me, but sometimes I'll like, just, I'm just going to sit here and then I still am frustrated later. So that's not, not working. So that's what I've been doing is getting rid of and organizing and decluttering. So we're just, we're, we don't have that option anymore because I'm, it, the overwhelmed feeling is, something that you it's hard it's really hard to get rid of it's really hard to not feel that way and when you go in your bedroom or you go in and you feel just that that mm -hmm. it's just I don't want that and yeah. I don't want that from my family either yeah and I I feel like you mentioned in like the laundry and everything like that I feel like that also has a lot to do with the emotional labor portion of what we women have to deal with on a mm -hmm. daily basis, the thing that we have to think about, the things mm -hmm. that we have to do, the things that we have to figure out, right? Like yeah. We, yeah. We hate laundry. Well, who's gonna figure out what goes, what happens with the laundry? It's probably gonna fall on you, right? So if anything, like whether you outsource it or if you mm -hmm. create some kind of chart on who's gonna do laundry on what day, it's gonna fall on you. So that's another tough piece yeah. of that whole puzzle to where, you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. I, oh, well, I also it, think that know? like society, society makes us feel like that's 
it's not necessarily like, I mean, it doesn't have, it's not like that in every home, but society makes us feel. So even if we don't necessarily like, ah, my husband is good. Like if I work late, he is the one that'll cook the food for dinner. And it still bothers me, but I know I shouldn't, but it does because it's like society says that we got to be able to cook and clean and do the laundry and make sure that the house looks immaculate and also be a, you know, working woman. I don't, I, I can't sit still enough to stay at home. I give props to all the women that can do that. Yeah. But it's just that mindset of, you know, you, that's what you feel like you have to do. You got to let that go. Cause I don't feel I like know. I have to do any of that stuff. <laughs> I've gotten better. I have gotten but better. I will say I, I, I do have an issue of wanting to control things. So that's, that's my yeah. thing. That's hard yeah. for me to let go. So I will, I'm like, no, I want it folded my way. I want this done my way, you know, which, which makes it a little tough and overwhelming because then I still end up taking on, you know, things Mm -hmm. that I shouldn't take on. Where you should say no and not say yes. Right. But I'm slowly letting that go. You know, that's my weakness and I'm slowly letting that go. So anyway, so, um, what about um, some of your favorite organizing products? Do you have any favorites that you use, any go-tos? Um, if I could fill my house with like the cute little organizing acrylic containers and just have it perfect like that, I would. So that's some stuff that I've slowly like saved or I'm gonna get. Um, I, any anything to organize, but like for sorting, like for desks and stuff, I have like I actually took like a it's really cute and it's actually here I'll show you um it's like it's actually you find it in the bathroom area it's like an organizer for uh makeup stuff but I have all my stuff here and I have my fun little pens which I noticed there's some that are missing but (laughs) this is like something that helps me that when I need something right away I have my post-it notes I have my stuff there um little just different things I have like a little organizer file things that help that I put stuff um for me to get organized it's it's I my job is it's very busy I'm very very busy and I feel like we all feel like there's not enough hours in the day so it's just finding a system that like it may not be perfectly organized but I know where it's at and I know that's what works for me so anything that something that's fun to you I would say to have organized but that's for me it's like the little cute acrylic containers or something like that if I could just fill my house and have all the organizing in my closets and everybody it's just the fear of like it has to stay like that like don't move it don't (laughs) that's the control thing like you can't it has to stay pretty the whole time yeah yeah i mean you do have to once you put a system in place you have to maintain it you know you have to refresh it you might not have to do it every single day but you know ever so often you just might have to refresh it and then it can stay that way as long as everyone in the house is on board right (laughs) you know i love what i when you show me pictures or i see things and i'm like ooh, i want you know or i always ask you for help because i know no judgment that's oh of course of course not important to having people in your life no judgment. <laughs> so Joanna, I um, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I always enjoy chatting with you. What is your greatest professional achievement? Honestly, like being able to stay in this 
um, industry as long as I've had and working this many years and still loving and being happy in my job and also working towards my goals at a pace that is good for me and not rushing and feeling so where I'm at now in administration, this is one of this is one of my goals. I've been slowly achieving from education curriculum to assistant administrator, and then I want to be the head administrator. And then if I can keep going, I would love to. But I work in an accredited center, and that's probably like that's the the best child early childhood care that you can get. So for me, where I'm at right now is probably what my highest achievement that I'm still here, but I'm moving up and I've grown and I love my job still. <laughs> I love it. Joanna, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being so open and letting us know, you know, how you cope with having ADHD and how you operate and move through life. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, anytime. Thank you all for joining us. Be sure to tune in next time for an all new episode.